This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 331 of the Stable Scoop Radio Show, The Elf and the Italian Eskimo. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. Our sponsors this week are Dr. Rose's Remedies, EasySignsOnline.com, and you, our auditors. Welcome to the Stable Scoop, with weekly shows delivered right to you. With Helena and Glenn the Geek, live from the stable, it's every week. They bring you the news through hail or high water, while using their tails as their own fly swatters. So sit on down and laugh till your poop, cause it's time again for Stable School. Stable School. Stable School. This is Glenda Geek. And this is Helena B. And you're listening to the Stable Scoop Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network. Hey, my little Italian Eskimo. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm sure there's all kinds of political incorrectness in that, but yes. I kind of like it. <laughs> well, you posted, you've been posting pictures here the last couple of days. And so this morning you posted a picture of you all bundled up, ready to head out into the Arctic winter. <laughs> And uh, you just look like a little Italian Eskimo. That's what I thought of. So That is my very first selfie ever. Really? And the very first one. And it's kind of large. Where have you <laughs> been anyway? I was like, holy cow, that's, my face is big. <laughs> but the reason I decided to put it up was because if you look carefully, you'll see teeny bits of hay in my scarf. Yeah, I do see that actually, yes. <laughs> and that's pretty much my life. Like, there's that much hay in every piece of clothing that I own. Well, you've had quite a conversation going on our Stable Scoop page over the last couple of days about the cold with all the listeners. So uh, you've had quite a, a good conversation going on. It's been, um, you know, I've had my horses at home for four years now. And um, I pretty much figured out, and, and Brody's been with me for two, and Dog Dog has been here for about six months. And I fi- pretty much figured out what, what they like to do because they can come and go as they please. So I watch their behavior patterns when it's windy or buggy, you know, they go in their stalls or whatever. But every once in a while, you just, you're like, am I doing the right thing? This is what I think I like to do. This is what I think is good for them. But let me just check in with the gang. And I just love to hear all the different comments. And there were a few people. um, So for those of you who have not been following this long on Facebook, um, I asked whether or not to leave my horses in or let them roam in sub-zero temperatures last night. Um, and most everybody said let them move about, at, you know, freely. But there were a few who were like, lock those buggers up and turn up the heat. Yeah, that's the thing, uh, you know, uh, we just, uh, I, I think that's the, it's the same kind of argument as do you leave them in or out in, in, thunderst- in storms? Right. You know, you know, we've had that argument many times over the years here on the show. And, and you know, in court, I could argue both. So, you know, I think in the winter, that. you know, I'd probably, I'm, I'm with everybody else, leave them out so they can move around. And they, they tend to find the spot that's not windy or hiding from the wind. You know, they tend to find that on their own anyway. Uh, they do. They do. And especially if they've been in a certain place for, you know, a number of years, they... They know the weather patterns when it's really windy and when the wind is coming out of the west very hard. They both go on the north on the east side of the barn. 
you know, yeah, and when yeah. we have a nor'easter, they hang out on the south side of the barn. So they, they know where to hang out, but I'm just a freak sometimes. <laughs> so, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, if, it makes, if it makes any of you northerners feel better, we were in the 20s this morning, too, and it is now 39 and so in the afternoon. So we're not, we're not exactly roasting down here in Florida at the moment. So it makes Psh, you feel any better. Cry me a river, buddy. <laughs> We're not exactly roasting here in Florida. Yeah, I mean, for it's us, it's the this here is in cold. Florida part yeah, that just to, doesn't. Work. I had to look for gloves. I had to find gloves today to put on. Are you kidding me? No. No, what's the high to... temperature in Florida today, Glenn? No, it really is going to be. No, low, no, really. What's the high temperature? Low forties actually today. Um, yeah, it is chilly ride. today. It is chilly today. But uh, it is windy, so it's just like you guys up there. It's the wind chills that are really knocking everybody out, from what I'm hearing. It, it is. I, I mean, and we're right on the ocean, so the wind... It's, oh, you got a cold, always, wet wind. <laughs> well, the thing is, yes. is because we're on the ocean, we're usually 10 degrees warmer than the surrounding communities even in the wintertime. We're 10 degrees cooler in the summer, 10 degrees warmer in the winter. That's lovely, except when the wind blows. Yeah. <laughs> and because we're on the ocean, that wind blows something mean. And, and brings that moisture off the ocean, which is worse. You know, it's that cold, wet moisture. You know? Which is worse yeah. yeah i have a few <laughs> brody's manure is is nice and and healthy and round um but dog dog's had a lot of moisture in his so <laughs> so we have a couple of permanent manure fixtures in the barnyard because it just like froze to the ground not even with an with a flex and fork are you getting that up huh <laughs> no when i tried <clears throat> i tried i was like i know my flex and fork is really strong but I'm not going to risk breaking it. I was, yeah. Well, did you have a good holiday? I did have a good holiday. Yeah, good. it was it was really nice. I made a lot of Italian food and oh, ate cool. like Very an Italian good. Eskimo. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Well, that's what you're supposed to do. You're just storing up for the winter. That's all. Just, Honestly, yeah. I can't wait for the spring because I need something to make me stop eating. <laughs> well, we uh, we had a good time too. It was nice to have two weeks off. That's the first time, uh, first two weeks in a row we've had off uh, for six years since we started the network. Number of years, and you went traveling. I saw you had some. Yeah, kind of we went up to friends of ours in South Carolina, and we went down to see Wendy for a while. Uh, to see her new farm, and Jennifer got to go riding down there, and and I got to play tennis with Dr. Kyle. First time I played tennis in two years. Wow, uh, how was that? Good. Dr. Kyle is uh, actually was on the like semi pro tour for a while, so oh he's God. much they're better like, than me. They're like so, Mr. and Mrs. Perfect. They <laughs> are. They are. It's so funny, and they're so happy taking pictures all the time. I know they're uh, awesome. I wish I could have gone with you. Oh well. Yeah, no, it's fun. Uh, we got to see them, so it was a good time. It was spent some time at home and. I didn't uh, didn't actually record one interview. Didn't look, didn't look at the websites. Uh, yeah, it was nice. It was nice to you were get off away. The grid? For, yeah, it was nice to get away for a couple of weeks. It really, really was. That's a big it, deal for you. You need you... that mental downtime. <clears throat> yeah, and you work really hard, so it's it's hard to take it for yourself. You know, the downtime. Yes, because you have to do like eighteen hundred hours of work the week before to get ready and have all the shows ready. And then clean up all the mess afterwards as well. You know, with us, fortunately that's not the case because we get all the shows ready ahead of time. And you know, when we get back, it's normal, which uh, unlike most people's jobs where then it's all piled up, uh, we don't have that. So that's kind of nice. That is kind of nice to what we got there, but we have a fun show planned for today. We have Ellie O'Brien coming on from Ellie O'Brien horsemanship with the 
lovely Australian accent. And she's going to give us our training tip of the month. We'll start right off with her. And then we have uh, a listener profile. We still have a ton of listeners we'd like to get to know. And we have one of our very few male auditors that we're talking to. He's from Canada. His name's Ken Hubert. And, and we're going to talk to him. So I'm excited about that. I don't get to talk to guy listeners too often. And then uh, we have Erin Gilmore, is a regular on the show from Horse and Style Magazine, coming back. She's in Wellington, going to give us the Wellington, Florida report of every. The season has kicked off down there, so she's going to fill us in on everything, jumping and dressage and all that stuff. Mm. So, uh, so that's that's terrific. We're looking forward to that. And then you have a, you have a very appropriate uh, tack and habit product for today. I see. Yeah, you know, and it's. It's a very interesting tag and have a product because it's from a manufacturer who I have blasted in the past. Oh, okay. So yep. uh, we'll find out if you're going to blast them again coming up on the show. That uh, Oh, I see who it is now. Yes, I've blasted them in the past too. Well, I'm excited to hear your review now because <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I haven't, I, haven't, uh, I, I, I haven't talked to you about this, so we'll find out. Well, let's start with a commercial from Dr. Rose's Remedies, and then we're going to go to Ellie O'Brien from Ellie O'Brien Horsemanship with her training tip of the month. Dr. Rose's Remedies Skin Treatment Salve and Spray are 100% all-natural products. They are anti-inflammatory, antibacterial, antiviral, and antifungal. Dr. Rose's are made with all human-grade ingredients and are safe and effective for treatment for all manner of cuts and scrapes on your horse. And Dr. Rose's is the must-have product here at the Horse Radio Network headquarters to keep PT Scooter's delicate white pasterns free from dew poisoning and scratches. Ask for Dr. Rose's at your local tax store or feed supplier or visit them online at drrosesremedies.com. That's drrosesremedies.com. Well, hi, Ellie. Welcome back to the show. Hello, thank you so much for having me back again. Well, before we get talking about training tips and horses and stuff, we have to talk to you because you I follow you on Facebook and you had an absolutely magical holiday season. You didn't go back to New Zealand. Instead, you went to New York City with your lovely six-year-old daughter, and it looks like you two just did everything that you see in the movies that you're supposed to do in the holidays in New York City. <laughs> we did. It was so magical, and... Um, my little girl, she'd been, she's always had this fascination with the Statue of Liberty and a couple of weeks leading up to Christmas, she was going on and on and on about it and she'd already told all her friends that she was going to go to New York for Christmas. So a couple of days before Christmas, I said to her, well, let's go then. So (laughs) we went and it was just so um, beautiful and uh, we've never experienced anything like that before. So she loved seeing all the lights and um, the light show on the Macy's building and so it was a lot of fun. Oh, Macy's is always a good time, especially for little girls. All that glitter and glitz and and the music that they pump out into the streets. Yeah, uh-huh. I think I enjoyed it just as much as she did. I was like a little girl. <laughs> Of course. I mean, I still I, I grew up just outside of that the the city, and I still get all silly and goofy and excited at Christmas time. <laughs> it's, I think it would be hard not to in that city. And the window displays are just amazing. Like you could spend a whole day in the city just gawking at the window displays. 
Yeah, and I think um, dangerous for mum's pockets as well. (laughs) (laughs) I saw pictures of lots of bags. You hit all the toy stores up, didn't you? (laughs) We did. I'm a sucker. (laughs) But it was well worth it, so I'm so glad that we did it. What was your favorite thing to do while you were there? My favorite thing? Um, I think I really just enjoyed, like, look, I'm such a... I think it comes from, like, the horses and everything. And But I'm such, like, a watcher. I love to just watch people and body language and all that sort of stuff. And, I mean, you see so many different people there and different cultures, and um, that was a lot of fun for me. Helena, what's your favorite thing about going back now when you get to go back at Christmas time? Probably my favorite thing is the window displays, is the visuals, is what the city turns into. You, you It almost makes you think... It, it reminds you of what the city was like back in the 1800s. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, um, you just kind of get this sense because everything slows down. It's it's mm. as slow as New York can get. Right. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. I just get this old world sense that um, there's something bigger and more important that's going on in people's lives. And um, it strips away the I know this is getting a little deep, but it strips away the microcosm of this this alternate reality that we live in, which is, you know, our computers and our TV shows and our movies and our books. And um, it restores some sense of purpose. And when you when you feel that in New York City, you really feel it. And um, so for me, anyway, it just kind of it makes me think of what the city was like before we had all of the, the trappings of our our generation. So I have to ask you, Ellie, when she went and saw the Statue of Liberty, was she as excited when she got there? <laughs> yeah, she was. She loved seeing it, and um, it's funny because she's always it was the Statue of Liberty and the Eiffel Tower. So um, now she tells me our next trip has to be to Paris. <laughs> 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 but right, Mom, we pick that one off now. We're off to Paris. <laughs> <laughs> That's adorable. <laughs> That's funny. She's uh, she's she's gonna be a handful when she gets to be thirteen. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> or eight, <laughs> or eight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's uh, but it's good fun, and um, it definitely. I just love it that uh, I think they bring back our sense of adventure again, and um, you know, exploring things. So it's good fun. Good. Terrific. Well, I'm glad you had a good time. It was fun watching you guys and your pictures and uh, all the different things that uh, went on while you were there. So that was cool. Thank you. you. Well, what are we talking about horse-wise today? Today, uh, I wanted to talk about the um, what finished product. So kind of looking at, um, I guess, working through and not being afraid of going through the ugly stuff to get to the to the pretty finished product. Um, this one thing that I really see going on a lot and a big mistake we make, and that is riding um, and training like we're already on a finished product. But rea- in reality, I mean, it's not very often that we are riding a finished product. So, and what happens there is we kind of end up going around and around in circles and then we're forever having to fill in holes because we didn't go through that ugly phase to get to that pretty picture at the end. Um, And one thing I try and teach my riders, I get a lot of riders that come to me and they've been taught to ride the finished product, but they're on a horse that isn't the finished product. 
so we sort of have to go back to like it's okay to put your hands out really wide or maybe you might have to put them up really high or you know and and not be looking pretty all the time to be able to get the job done and and then in the end I mean that might take weeks or months or even years to get to that pretty picture but by the end of it then you're um show ready I guess you could say um I think that training, it it isn't pretty. In fact, it can look quite ugly and messy and wobbly and all those bad things that we try to avoid. But we just have to go through them to get to the good part. So I thought um, a good example to talk about would be straightness. And I think one of the worst ways that I see straightness being worked on is by people trying to force it, trying to hold their horse in together so that they don't fall apart. And um, I think it can look pretty to maybe an untrained eye, but it's not true and proper. And when I'm riding a horse and training a horse, I always think to myself, if a master horse trainer, maybe like Buck Brenneman or Ray Hunt or you know any of those types of people, if they were to ever get on my horse, I um, would want to feel proud in what I was working on, no matter if it was just a baby or um, or a more advanced horse. I would want them to be able to feel that I am working on those correct foundations. Um, so, yeah, instead of holding them in and everything, what I would actually do is the complete opposite. <laughs> so... Uh, basically just letting them fail and letting them make mistakes and then correcting them. So I like to call it uh, failing forward because we make those mistakes. And it's just like anything, whether it's horse training, whether it's children training or uh, when we're learning to do a new job or something, you know, we make those mistakes, we correct it, and then we move forward and leave them alone. So if we keep on just working on those things, um, say maybe with the straightness, if we let go of all of that micromanaging and wanting to hold them in there and they were just riding along on a loose rein and the horse goes to duck off to maybe the right, all I would simply do is pick up on my left rein, um, hold it until the horse bends back to the left side and then release again. And so what starts happening there is the horse starts to get prepared to go off on the other direction. So if we keep on doing that every single time the horse goes to, they duck out to one side or the other, just pick up on the opposite rein, then they start to become more balanced and straight because they're always waiting for you to ask them to go either way instead of holding them in there. And I mean, you might have ridden a horse like that before, that if you don't have... uh, your reins tight and your legs on, then they're kind of all over the show. Um, I remember last year we had a horse come to us and um, the people, he'd only had maybe about 60 days on him or so and the people were all upset because he couldn't, he had started bucking when they were asking him to do flying changes. And so we just stripped it right back, right back to those basics. And, um, taking away a lot of that leg pressure and rain and holding him in and just riding on a loose rein. And this horse, I mean, he couldn't even hold himself up. He was all over the show. And um, so if you don't have that, then there's no way that you can expect to have that pretty picture and more advanced movements. So I guess that's kind of um, 
my training tip for today is just not being afraid of going through the ugly um, and the messy and everything and letting go of those expectations. And I think sometimes what worries people a lot of the time, and I've had um, some of my students say to me, like, oh, gee, you know, like people look at me like I'm some crazy woman riding around all messy and all over the show. <laughs> um, so, But it's just a lack of understanding, a lack of knowledge. And I just say to them, just keep doing it, just keep doing it. And, and one day you will have that pretty product at the end. I like to just keep doing it. You know, I'm, I tend to be one of those people who, because my, that's one of our biggest training challenges is straightness, even at, at the walk. Um, and he just sticks his big old belly out in one direction or the other. So you do have this tendency. I have this tendency to want to hold it, get Uh the straightness and maintain it instead of ask for it, let him, you know, resist, give him a few seconds, ask for it again. So there's this sort of ingrained habit, you know, of, Uh I need straightness. I got to hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. And I can't hold it anymore. And then, you know, everything falls apart and it is very frustrating. So it's helpful to think of even one small request like that to be not just one, one entire request, but a series of small ones that may succeed and make, may fail even within, you know, 10 to 15 strides of, of walking. Or something. Um, again, totally counter to what I sometimes feel as a rider, I need to ask for this and get it. And if I get it, I have to hold it. Yeah. And I think that's a, a very typical training uh, issue in all spectrums. Um, we get it. And even life, I guess, <laughs> we get something and we want to hold on to it and not let go of it. But um, I think in reality, it's getting it. And then the reward is in letting go of it. And then soon they they start to realize that that soft place, that really good spot is when we let go of it. And that's when they start holding it. That's I had a few girlfriends uh, that I should have uh, let go a lot sooner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could link it through to relationships. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or jobs. I've had a few jobs I shouldn't have stayed at that long either. So, <laughs> very good, well, Ellie. We're good for training. Um, yes. Work. And, and all of life. <laughs> you know, we should. We, somebody should write that book where there's the horse training tip and then the life tip that goes along with it, you know, side by side. Uh, yeah. that, that would be good. And it, it could apply to relationships or your or your job, you know. They all, they all go together, right? Yeah, uh, they do. Yeah. Ellie, where can people find you? Uh, at uh, Finesse Equestrian Training. Ellie O'Brien Finesse Equestrian Training. If you just search up uh, Ellie O'Brien on Facebook, you'll find her, and we'll also put links in our show notes as well. Thank you so much, Ellie. We're glad you had a great time on your first Christmas in the United States. Thank you so much. Good talking to you guys. You too. Happy New Year. You too. Cut right there. Thank you, Ellie. Oh, no worries. Appreciate (laughs) that. And we hope you stay warm and the Carolinas there and don't freeze to death. Thank you. Yeah, I guess it's a little bit warmer down there, huh? Yeah, a little bit, but it's still pretty chilly today. Helena's up in New England, though. She's freezing her butt off. Oh, <laughs> yeah. My butt's warm. It's everything else that's cold. <laughs> oh, gee. <laughs> well, th- thanks, Ellie. We have to run do our next interview, but we appreciate it. We'll keep in touch, okay? No worries. Have a good right. day.
This week's EasySignsOnline.com Spotlight product is their New England Style Farm Signs, their most popular line of signs. New England Style Farm Signs are very durable and designed for long-term outdoor use with no maintenance required. No wood to rot and no paint to peel. They will outlast the old-style painted wood signs by many, many years. They are available in many sizes, shapes, and styles, which makes them the perfect sign for any farm or business. Go online today and go through the EasySignsOnline.com easy step-by-step ordering process to see all the prices and options available. They also offer free, no-obligation sign proofs on all New England-style signs. And you get free shipping as well on all New England-style signs. So replace your old worn-out sign and make a great first impression with a new farm sign from EasySignsOnline.com. And the holidays are right around the corner, so it's a terrific gift idea. I can't think of a better one. Visit EasySignsOnline.com. Well, we have a listener profile coming up next, and uh, we have a guy with a good name, by the way. His name is Ken Hubert. Is, is that how you pronounce it, Ken? Yep, yep, Hubert. Because okay. I'm Hebert, so, you know, we're uh, a bear. I, is there a Canadian pronunciation of Hubert? Um, not really. It's originally no. German, but... Okay, so you're German. You're one of the very few non-French Canadians up there. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ken, you're you're one of our very few male auditors that we have, and one of our very few male listeners. What am I talking about? Uh, our listener base is about ninety-nine percent women, and then there's you and me, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and Philip, and Philip, yeah, Phil. Philip. That's right, Philip, and we we know we have Robert out there in Arizona that listens, but pretty much that's uh, that's all of us. So I had to have you on to find out one. When did you start listening to the shows? Uh, I've been listening to the show uh, probably about four or five years. Well, I, oh, wow. When I've been recently getting back into writing. Oh, great. Well, that's terrific. Do you remember how you found the Horse Radio Network? Um, just online, I believe. Yeah, just stumbled across it. Yeah, definitely. You can Google just about anything, Glenn, and guess what? <laughs> we come up. We come, yeah, that is true now. We I noticed that. Up. We're on the first page. Any guest we've ever had, if you Google us now, we're on the first page. Hey, hey, Ken, where, how do you listen to the show? Do you use the app? Do you use your computer? What do you do? Um, kind of all. I um, usually use the app on my phone. I listen to it quite often when I'm uh, traveling in the car. Or if I'm sitting at my home computer, I'll have it on on, on the home computer, too. And uh, do you like the app? Does it work okay for you? Oh, yeah, it's great. Yeah, no yeah, problems. Okay. We tried to keep it just simple, you know? Yeah, it's a fantastic <laughs> app. Now, Simple. Let, you let you me, designed it with me in mind, didn't you? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, well, what, now, what kind of horses do you have, Ken, yeah. or what kind of riding do you do? Well, I do mostly English riding. I do have one horse right now, um, a six-year-old uh, Clyde Thoroughbred Cross. Oh, cool. Ooh, yeah. 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 What, 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 you you on your Facebook page? No, it's a galving. I've had mares before, but um, I'm mare-free. <laughs> is that the one I see in your Facebook page with the big yes. white blaze? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely, uh, Helena would like him. It, he's definitely a, a classical hunting horse. Ooh. He's definitely got the look. He's nice, big, solid, 16'3". He's a beautiful horse. Uh, 
He's a beautiful horse, actually. I love that blaze. He is Glenn, a, he, how are you on everybody's Facebook page? Like, I, I don't know. They all <laughs> like me, I guess. See, people like me, Helena. See, that's the difference. Um, you think they like me. <laughs> they just want something from you. I don't know what it is yet, but I'll find out. <laughs> Ken asked me if we had any questions for him. I said, are you kidding? We don't plan that far ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Ken, you've listened to the shows long enough. You know we don't plan. It's just yeah, whatever comes out. But, you know, you guys sound like professionals on the radio so it sounds like we like, plan. Like your plan, yeah. Oh well, that's good. We're fooling them, <laughs> Helena. We just trick them. That's good. That's really good. I'm like stunned right now. We sound like <laughs> professionals. That's good. You know, no, that's a good thing because we're not really. We're well, not. do you board or keep your horse at home? I board. Yeah. How's that going for you? Oh, it's, yeah, it's great. No problems. It is yeah. a little bit difficult sometimes to find a half decent place to board, and definitely living in Canada, you have to have an indoor riding arena. I'm not riding outside in this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. You, we yeah. were just talking before we, we started to record. It's what, five degrees Fahrenheit up there? Yeah. Okay. Pretty cold right now. So do you have snow on the ground? A little bit. Not too much. Yeah. yeah we don't have too much either. I mean, we're, I'm in New England. So, you know, New England, Canada, same thing. It's yeah, cold. So, <laughs> it, let's put it this way. It's not Florida. So we do need, we need indoor riding arenas. But, you know, I, do you like to ride in the cold? Because I... I don't mind riding in the snow and the sun, but I don't like to ride in like icky weather, you know, when it's Not dark and really. windy. Yeah, when it gets too cold and too windy, I definitely stay home. Yeah, okay. But I do I try to ride as much as I can, five times a week usually. Oh, that's yeah. good. Now, do you get, uh, do, you, do, you, do, you, do they force you to get involved in all the girl drama that goes on at a boarding barn? Uh, I do avoid it. I do yeah. avoid it as much as I can, yeah. <laughs> But I am definitely, definitely being a male. Like, what would be girl drama, Glenn? Oh, God. Oh, Give boy. me a break. Anybody that's boarded where there's more than two women have, have found the girl drama at a boarding barn. And trust me, oh. as a guy, you hear many female conversations you wish you didn't hear. <laughs> I know. Girls are bitches, aren't they? <laughs> you just are. Sorry. <laughs> It's, well, true. it's true. They're mean. It, it is true. And for some reason, when they get to the barn, it's like, it's like open season, you know? <laughs> It, yeah. it really is. And, you know, know, the sad thing is... Oh, the shows are even worse. Oh, oh yes. Yes. It's yeah, true. We're mean. We're a mean Lots bunch. Lots of drama. Yeah. It, interesting going to a show being a guy. I mean, some of the... I mean, I used to event when I was younger, but now I'm more into uh, dressage. And um, you go to a dressage show, and there'll be three or four hundred women and, like, three guys. Yeah, you and uh, the, you and Philip. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of nice. Being different. It's different. Yeah, it's kind of nice uh, because I mean it, it's kind of nice in a way. It's it's nice to it's easy to get help. Yeah, <laughs> because oh, you're true. a rarity. All the all the women are oh, it's a guy, um, yeah. and you stand out. You. Yeah, you definitely yeah. Well, that's, stand out. That's kind of more important in the hunter and the equitation rings. But you know, yeah, you still you, you can and you know you guys do look good. Up there, you know. Well, you know, too, you got a guy who's asking for help. It's like, well, let's help the poor guy. Because yeah, all yeah. women think that guys that are into horses are the poor guy. So, well, How about let's help the hot guy? Well, that's true, too. I wish. Yeah, I, wish. Either, yeah. I definitely way, have we're... the looks for radio, let's just say. <laughs> <laughs> Makes three Me, of too, Ken, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Aline is the only one here that could get away with audio or video. She's the only yeah. one. Yeah. No, only with that fuzzy Hollywood filter on it. <laughs> Well, Ken, now, what do you do for a living? Um, I know, I'm an office manager, and um, I've been riding for ever since I was 12 or 13. My parents sent me to uh, summer camp, and they had a riding program there, and I uh, fell in love with it and never looked back. And huh. then 
when I was a little bit older, in my later teens, I was um, a working student up in Ottawa. Um, I was eventing, and I uh, got my coaching certificate and uh, would ride about six horses a day and give lessons to beginners. Were you one of the very few eventers, apparently, that liked dressage then, huh? Um, well, let's just say... Um, when you get a little bit, <laughs> that answer is no. He's trying, he's trying, <laughs> yeah, he's trying to be no, diplomatic no. here. You, you, no, you it sucked. <laughs> you can't beat the adrenaline rush of cross country. You just can't beat it. But when you get a little bit closer to middle age, um, the ground gets harder. Yeah, yeah, it's, and it comes up quicker too. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Ascalina. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I just found your profile picture. I'm like. I'm drooling over your horse. You right can't now. have. <laughs> he, yeah, he is a hunter prospect, isn't he? Yeah, gorgeous. Hunt prospect, yeah. Yeah. He is gorgeous. He looks comfortable. He's he looks really comfortable to ride. Does he have nice floaty soft yeah, gates? Yeah, really big gate. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, I was a little bit because I never had a crossbreed before. I always had warm bloods and thoroughbreds before, and um, when I rode him, I was first time I rode him. I was like, whoa. Yeah, very. <laughs> Very floaty gait, real, very smooth. Mm. Um, now, does he have more of the knee action of the Clyde, or does he move a little bit more freely through the shoulder? Because, like, my guy's got more knee action, but I find that that makes a softer ride. Mm-hmm. He's got a little bit of both. He does have the shoulder and the knee action. So it's a very smooth uh, sitting trot. A, wow. a, lot, a lot smoother than my uh, Dutch warm blood, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, those guys are like, that's like riding a springboard. Yeah. It just goes on forever. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, did you, uh, can I ask, are you married? Um, single. Single? Okay. Yep. Pay attention, well, then, auditors. Pay attention. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, we got a single guy. Right, is, there's Canada a secondary there. service here at HRN. And he has a nice horse. Uh, what else can we say? He likes long walks on the beach. No, um. God, no, no. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Here, this is, this is how his equestrian profile ad would read. Okay, read, all right. Rides five times a day, has a horse a you will lust after. A week, yeah, not a day. He, sorry. He, he, I only he, have he, one he. horse, so. Okay, sorry, sorry. I'm getting a little excited here, as you can tell. <laughs> you know, that doesn't happen for me often. Um, okay, so rides five times a week, has a horse you will love at, lust after, has a full-time job. Yeah, a job. Um, yeah, that's good. Has a great sense of humor, because he listens to the Stable Scoop show. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, is a good taste. dedicated. He has good taste. Yeah, right. yeah. It is dedicated and organized because he shows. <clears throat> um, what, what else? else lives in Canada, say, yeah, which is else? awesome. Yeah, what else can we say? What can we add to this, Ken? That pretty much sums it up, I think. Okay. Yeah. Are you a slob or are you neat? I try. Well, I have to. Okay, he's a, a slob. A slob yeah. <laughs> 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 you just have to look at my tack that almost never gets cleaned. Yeah, well, that make Aww, you a good that's hunt. That's okay. Mine doesn't get cleaned either. <laughs> You'll be in the hunt field in no time. They don't clean your tack either. <laughs> <gasps> Glenn. <laughs> it's so true. Glenn. <laughs> I saw you guys going out. Half that tack hadn't been cleaned in 10 years. Just well, that wasn't not that you wasn't. and Jennifer, but some of the members didn't. Spend a I lot do of not time clean my tack enough. I will admit to that. I do not yeah. clean my tack enough. Hey, Ken, <laughs> you enough. said you said you liked uh, Helena was doing the the uh, the fox hunting episodes and segments. Yeah. You said you liked that. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, because I I had fox hunted a few years before, like um, when I was eventing. Um, so I've been 
curious to get back into it. And I know there are, oh my, there's probably about five or six local hunts around here. Um, so I'm just trying to get brave enough to uh, get back into it. Well, that's and did that sort of motivate you to want to do it here in yep. these segments? Yeah, definitely. Yep. Great. Yeah, there's 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 a little bravery to be had when you get back into hunting. Although you know, once you do it, you're like, Yahoo! It really wasn't that scary. You know, yeah. it, it's 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 more the anticipation of what's to come than the actual. Once you're there, you just grab a nice big chunk of mane and you squish your heels down. You're good to go. But <laughs> anticipating it is. <laughs> like even just now talking about it, I get all my eyes are all squinty and my shoulders are all hunched up with excitement. <laughs> hey, you know, guys, I, I didn't tell anybody this. Jennifer doesn't even know yet, but uh, uh, my landlord is uh, the retired two-star general, and he, you know, has done hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of uh, parachute jumps, and he's getting back into it now. And he's trying to convince me to go up for my first uh, jump. It would be a tandem jump with an instructor. But I'm actually considering doing it here soon. Wow. So, That's fantastic. Yeah. So that'd wow. be fun. And he's going to do a GoPro. He's going to jump with us and do a GoPro video of my face the whole way down. And so you you'll get this. And you won't fox hunt, but you'll jump out of a plane. I just, it's, it's on my bucket list of something that I don't necessarily want to do it myself. All I have you know, to but, say, Glenn, is yeah. depends. <laughs> Now, there's some helpful advice. Thank you, Ken. I no didn't problem. think about that, but I will definitely <laughs> keep that in mind. <laughs> I might need it. <laughs> well, it's good to meet you, Ken. Thank, Thank you so you much, much for listening. We really appreciate you being a listener and an auditor as well. Thank you very much. Thanks, Love Ken. Love the shows. Take care. Cheers. Thank you, Ken. <laughs> Bye. Well, now our next guest we want to welcome back to the show is Erin Gilmore. She's been with us before. She's the editor-in-chief of Horse and Style magazine, and she is down in what I would say is warm Wellington, but it's a little chilly even here in Florida today. Uh, But she's down in Wellington where everything is beautiful, and she's going to give us the Wellington report of what's going on with with all all the different riders that have descended on the south of Florida. So, hi, Erin. Hi, hi. How's it going? Good. Now, you know, the other thing that's descended, not only dressage and jumpers, but the hot polo players are there right now, too. So, um, Yeah, they I, are. Everybody's here. Descended yeah. is actually a really good word for Wellington. Descended? descended? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's true. Because they all come in by truck and trailer and plane from every avenue. Uh, yeah, that's right. And uh, myself included. I just got back to Wellington a few days ago, and uh, it seems... Like, everything is already up and running. That's what everyone's been saying early on. It seems like everyone's already here. It's only week one. It's so busy. I think that there were about 1,600 horses entered for competition yesterday, which was the first day of competition. uh, 1,600? Wow. Yeah, that's on day one. Um, And when I attended the opening press conference on Tuesday... They said that there's more prize money this year, $8.2 million over 12 weeks. And this is just are, jumpers, right? Just hunter jumpers? Uh, hunter jumpers. And we're, all we're talking about is hunter jumpers. That's just them. Wow. Yeah. They've got another set of numbers for their dressage circuit. Their dressage circuit, I, I believe now it's up to eight or 10 weeks. And it's only the third year of it. It's really grown. And it is fun to go over wow. there and watch the dressage. Yeah. They've done a, they did a pretty good job, and I think overall, just Wellington itself has grown. When I came in November for a few days, I noticed new tax stores, new barns as always, more people. It just seems like you don't just need one tax store in Wellington anymore or one show circuit. You need three or four, or the demand is really there. So it's pretty incredible, actually. 
Now, it's also a big party, right? Uh. They say that, although I spend most of my time <laughs> with my computer. So <laughs> I'll keep you posted on that. <laughs> so when you're not Sunday at, com- at your com- big party, what's that? What actually does get you away from your computer? So you're obviously working very hard. There's a lot that's going on. There's a lot to capture while you're down there. Um, yeah. Some serious stuff and some fun stuff. But when you do get a chance to step away from your computer, where do you go and what do you do? Uh, you know, I go to Polo on Sundays. For me, it's a day off. I don't work, per se, at Polo. I have fun and go with friends. And the weather's always beautiful. It's a chance to dress up, um, follow all the stereotypes of Polo. You stomp the divots, you drink the champagne, you watch the horses. Um, it's great. It's a really fun oh, relaxing uh, Aaron, on Sunday. you miss the hot guys uh, part. Oh, yeah, hot guys. Sorry, I <laughs> yeah. forgot all about that. <laughs> I'm just like, horses, horses. <laughs> oh, and they're every, being ridden by hot guys. Player, yeah, from South America to this country and beyond. Yes, Glenn, they are all here, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> now, are there more women getting into polo than before? Uh, there's a sizable amount of women who play polo and a couple that play um, high goal. They play the advanced level. I think polo as a whole is, is growing. Um, it's actually a pretty accessible sport at the lower levels. I played in college, and it was inexpensive, and it was so fun, and everyone was down to earth. So at the entry levels, definitely, there's a lot of women playing. Um, upper levels, it takes a really talented woman to get in there and play. Cause it's a game that's fast-paced. You need to have strength, and uh, you need to have that hand-eye coordination, too. Yeah, that that that's why my wife never played polo. It's the whole hand-eye coordination thing, you know. Uh. Well, everyone's got to try it. I firmly believe that. I mean, I'm left-handed, and you can only swing the mallet with your uh, right hand. And everyone thought that would be a challenge, but you know, it was fun once I got used to it. So, and Helena, you'd taken a polo lesson or two. Yeah, I did, yeah. and in fact, with with uh, Jennifer. Yeah. And it was um, it was great. It was. It was exciting. The mallet was exceptionally heavy for my little weak arm, but it was yes, fun. It gets stronger as time goes on. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I just, but yeah, it was, it was fun. I, I did kind of get this flash forward to some very dangerous riding on playing on my part, you know, put me on a horse with a purpose and a mallet. <laughs> like nothing good's mm-hmm. going to come out of that. So I decided that spectating was much more fun. And I do that. We go up to New, um, Newport Polo pretty much every Saturday up here. And, of course, we've spent plenty of time at Myopia Polo. And it is fun. It's very relaxing. It's a chance, like you said, to get dressed up, to be around other horse people. And if you know a little bit about the sport, it's you can actually enjoy actually spectating. Like, you get into the... Yeah, and they down here they have the U.S. Open of Polo every year, and it's the biggest polo tournament in the country. And it is really the, the best of the sport. And... IP suit in the National Polo Club. Just, it's the best spectating for polo you can get in this country. So it's it's definitely something to do on the weekends. The Saturday night before, yeah, I'm usually working. <laughs> now you 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 were talking about the jumpers, and there's been a in over the last couple of years, there's been a lot more international riders coming in. Matter of fact, some of the uh, British riders came in and took all the prize money and went home last year. Um, yeah, so, pretty much. Yeah, so that's that's kind of new though that they're all that a lot of them are starting to come over here for the winter. They didn't do that before. Well, wouldn't you come over here if you had the choice from staying in Europe England? where it's cold yeah. and snowy or yeah, Florida? That's true. And they that's all true. say that's a big uh, motivating factor for them, but also for the jumpers. They've added uh, 48 FEI world ranking classes during WEF, so they can come and work on that world ranking and earn points, and it's really productive for them as riders too. Hmm. 
Interesting. And I know yeah. the same, same is happening on the dressage side of things, too. Um, yeah, I think it yeah. is. And I think the dressage is seeing more international writers than ever coming over. And the word is starting to spread about dressage. It's probably um, newer for dressage writers to come here than it is for the international show jumpers. But um, just it all contributes to that feeling of everyone is here and there's so many people. And look at that writer and look at this one behind me at the grocery store. And that's happened right. to me. So. So, so if you have writers come down, they all have an average of probably what, uh, if you average it out, would they have three, four horses? Um, and if you probably have one pe- people with one horse or two horse and people with 30. So, but yeah. where do they stay? What do they do? How's that all work when you're coming in for, you know, three months or six to eight weeks? Uh, they, you know, they stay in their horse mansions that are surrounding the show. And, uh, it seems like there are more and more horse mansions built every single day when I drive down the street. I mean, the <laughs> barns are pretty incredible. They look like houses. I'm sure you've seen, heard that before. And they're stabled off ground if you're lucky, um, on ground if you're, I won't say not lucky, but I'll say if you're the standard rider. They built more stabling on the grounds this year, but that's one of the things they're having to deal with over there is that it just gets more crowded every year and there's more horses and more of everything each year. So it's, it's interesting and it's creating an overflow where people are going out a little farther to board their horses or buy farms. And also there's other show circuits that are springing up around Wellington, like the Turf Series, which was started by the writer known as Garson. She started, I think, three or four years ago. But this year, it's really big. There's a Grand Prix every single week. Um, it moves around to different grass fields in Wellington. And it accommodates just more riders that want to fill more classes and jump more in different venues. So I like the change. I think it's really cool. Well, and I do know, too, that uh, you guys have a lot of bridal paths there in Wellington. So for the people oh, yeah. who are stabled off, they can just ride over most of them to the, to the grounds. Yeah, if, uh, if you're close enough. And that's why, you know, those farms that are within riding distance really go for a top dollar because everyone wants those ones rather than having to trailer in or trailer in and rent stalls. Well, Aaron, I got to compliment you, too, on something else. Uh, you sent us a copy of Horse and Style magazine. And my wife is not easily impressed by magazines because she's been reading them for 40 years, you know. And she read this one cover to cover and said that it's her new favorite magazine now. And I'm not just saying that because you're on. She really did love it. Well, good. That, that really puts a smile on my face and smile on the faces of my whole team. We work really hard to really make it a standout magazine and fun to read, nice to look at. Everyone says they like the paper all the time. So thank hmm. you. We, uh, we get more readers every single week and every month. So we're really thrilled with how it's going. Yeah, you did an. Uh, uh, I keep wanting to say episode for magazines. But, you know, I'm in audio. Right? Uh, but you can, you did a issue uh, of the most intriguing equestrians for 2014. Can you tell us who was on that? Who were who were some of right. them? Right. Yeah. Every year. Uh, well, this is the second year we've done it. We get together and we think about not just riders, but equestrians in the hunter jumper industry who are interesting or had a particularly good year um, or just have a really great story and we profile them. Um, this year our cover cover subject for the most intriguing equestrian is a young Irish show jumper, Bertram Allen. He's only nineteen and uh, he's a complete prodigy as far as the show jumping world goes. He just entered the top fifteen ranked riders in the world. So he wrote his first round at the World Equestrian Games as a rookie. You'd expect anybody to be nervous doing that. But he absolutely wrote in with 
no holds barred, and ended up winning the first round of the World Equestrian Games. And that's kind of just the way he is. Um, he's also a really laid-back guy and a good rider and a good person. So we uh, we put him on the cover. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to tell you, uh, if people want to find out who the rest were, they can they can find the magazine. Where can they order it? How can they get it? They can subscribe online at horseandstylemag.com. And they can pick it up at the tax stores that are listed on our website as well, tax stores around the country. If they want to see it in a tax store near them, they can request that it be carried there. Um, or if they're at the shows, they can keep an eye out for it there. Well, I recommend it. I think if you, you know, a lot of people have gotten turned off to magazines recently, but this is a beautiful magazine. It's well written, it's easy to understand. It will not be over your head either. So, uh, no, you no. know. So I read it and actually understood it, you know, so that's, <laughs> that's something. Horse Husband approved. Uh, and, yeah, and, we, we make and, it Horse Husband approved. <laughs> well, Aaron, we're going to be coming down the first, uh, I think the second weekend in February, so I'll let you oh, know. and you? Yeah, maybe okay. we can get together. Oh, for sure. We'll have to. All right. Thanks, Aaron. Thanks, Aaron. Okay, thanks. Nice Bye. Nice to talk to you. Right. Take care. Bye. Well, next up, we are going to do our tack and habit segment this month or this week sponsored by sparkle and boom Sparkle & Boom is a new media marketing company. Our mission is to help small businesses add some sparkle to their marketing in order to get some boom in their bottom line. Our creativity, combined with an extensive background in the equestrian industry, makes us perfectly suited to help your business capture the potential of social media and the ever-changing World Wide Web. Visit us online at www.sparkleandboom.com. Well, Helena has the product for this week. Now, is this something you have tried, or is it just something that you like, or what's the story? This is something I have on my feet this very minute. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. Boots. How could I guess that Helena's <laughs> going to talk about boots, her favorite topic in the whole world? Yes. Um, okay, so this week's Tack and Habit segment features the Ariat Brossard Winter Paddock boot. Now, if you are a longtime listener of Stable Scoop, you'll have, you'll remember or you'll note that I, the last couple of times I've reviewed Ariat footwear, I've not had great things to say. I do love their britches. Love, love, love their britches. They're pro circuits, which change names. It's not pro circuit every year, but it's their, their premium, um, breach. However, I've not had good luck with their footwear, and I've had a lot of their footwear. I've had tall boots. I've had paddock boots. I've had half chaps. I've had pretty much everything that Ariat makes. Um, so last year, maybe it was a year and a half ago now, I purchased a pair of winter paddock boots for Grace, who's just about my size now. She's 12 years old, and we, we share just about the same foot size. So... Um, I've, I've been wearing her paddock boots because she's not really taking lessons or riding too much right now. So I put her boots on and I have to say that they have held up to the wear and tear that I put on boots very well, very, very well. And they keep my feet 
warm. And they have kept my feet warm in the last two days where the temperatures have been down to the single digits and even into the sub-zero temperatures with the wind chill. I've been out there working in my barn and I'm not running around, you know, I'm not lifting weights or doing jumping jacks or anything, but I'm, I'm doing some light barn work and my feet aren't even thinking about being cold. Hmm. Which, I know they have like Thinsulate, uh, a lot of Thinsulate in them. Uh, it's like 200 grams of Thinsulate, so that really helps with the warmth. You did say that your boot got stuck. You thought you weren't going to be able to uh, move today. What was that about? <laughs> I am such a dunce sometimes, honest to God. <laughs> so I go outside, and now I'm prepared for the cold temperatures, and it was um, it was 1.8 degrees in my barn <laughs> this morning. It was 1.8. And uh, the wind had stopped. It was really, 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 really windy last night. Um, so by 6 o'clock this morning, the wind had died down. It was 1.8 degrees. And um, I took water buckets from the house, and I carried them the 100 feet over to the barn, and I filled up their water tank with it. Or, you know, no problem. And they were like, oh, yee, thanks, Mom, warm water. Um, but a little bit splashes. And so I stepped in the wet splash and then I stepped out <laughs> onto I have a slate um walkway outside right outside the barn so there was moisture on the bottom of my boots and when I stepped onto the slate my feet stuck to the ground it froze instantly <laughs> just like just like the kid with the tongue in the pole <laughs> yeah like hard it didn't just like it wasn't like sticky sticky grippy grippy it was like you're stuck <laughs> and I was like your mind just doesn't my, my mind doesn't go to all the, any of the logical places. My mind goes, holy crap, I'm stuck. <laughs> what should, what do I do next? Like, who gets stuck? So you're like, what, what do I do next? So I'm like, I'll just unzip my boots and walk out in my socks. I'm like actually standing there. I don't care if it was three seconds or 15 seconds, but I was actually trying to figure out what to do because my feet were stuck to the ground. Needless to say, I did nothing because they unstuck and like, you know, from my body heat, but it was kind of funny. <laughs> a dunce, like I said. Okay, so these are the Ariat Broussard Winter Paddock boots. It looks like they have uh, 200 grams of Thinsulate, moisture wicking. Do they really keep, are they waterproof to keep your feet dry? Yes. Okay. Yes, 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 yes. Um, I have, yeah, I've submerged them unintentionally and they've been great. And these are paddocks, so they're uh, they're paddock height. They're not tall boots. And do you can you ride in them? You can ride in them. The footbed is not so thick and chunky that you can't comfortably get your foot in and out of a stirrup, which I love. You you literally can go from the barn into the tack in these things. And you know the other thing is they do have a lot of insulate, um, thinsulate in them. Over time, like any boot or anything that has thinsulate in it, um, the thinsulate will pack down. Yeah. So it's it, it doesn't have as much loft or air in between. So it doesn't the its warming capabilities diminish over time. And this is what I found particularly interesting about this boot is that the thinsulate has already packed down because Grace wore them all last winter, um, and yet they're still warm for my my foot, uh, which is you know kudos to thinsulate and kudos to Ariat for for designing this boot so well. Um, and the other thing is I've had Ariat paddock boots before and you know it takes a while for them to break in and get really comfortable the newer versions of their paddock boots hadn't they never got that comfortable for me i don't like 
you know, some things you put on, especially leather goods, and you forget you have them on because they just, they shape to your body so well. I forgot that I had these boots on. I don't know what they've done differently with the leather to treat it. Uh, the design, I have no idea what they did, but these feel like the old Ariat boots, the ones that you could wear forever, that will last forever, and they almost feel like they were made for your foot, no one else's foot. They don't squeak, right? They do not squeak. Ugh, because just the problem I've had with my Ariat boots is the squeaking. Ugh. And the zippers held up. Everybody has problems with Ariat zippers. Yeah. Nope, these zippers are fantastic. The seams are intact, which is another problem that I've had with Ariat boots. Um, and they have a little spur rest on the back, which I find particularly helpful. Ariat's going to be happy to find that we've actually liked a product. <laughs> so. Finally, they come. Um, they come in zip or lace. I have the zip. I who has time for laces? Yeah, anyway, <laughs> got time they for that. get all icky in the water and the cold and the mud. Anyway, right? Just, they take an extra yeah. seven seconds. I can't do yeah, it. Yeah. <clears throat> um, uh, yeah, and their price is one hundred and thirty-nine. So that's not bad. Yeah, and they're, they're on sale. You know, give or take ten dollars here and there. So they're an investment, but a, a worthy one. Very good. That's the Ariat Broussard Winter Paddock Boot. Congratulations for finding something positive to say about a company that has been under the gun here lately. I I keep trying. You know, hey, my saving grace is that I do love their britches. Yeah, that's true. That's true. The clothing's nice. They have nice clothing. All right, very good. Thank you, Helena, for that. We appreciate it. And thank you to Sparkle and Boom for their sponsorship of the Tack and Habit segment that we do here every week. But we run out of time. The show is ending, so we want to remind you to get that app that we talked about with Ken earlier in the show. It's a free app from the Horse Radio Network. Just uh, search for Horse Radio Network in the iOS or Android app store on your phones or your uh, your tablets, and you can download it. It makes the shows very simple and easy to listen to. All eight of them are listed on there. And also, we want to remind you to stop by StableScoop.com, where you can find all the links and photos and everything to our shows. You can find Helena at Helena at sparkleandboom.com. And we love your feedback. You can email Helena at Helena at horseradionetwork.com or Glenn at horseradionetwork.com. If you have a company and would like to think about uh, sponsoring our show, we would appreciate that too. Uh, our sponsors tend to do very well, so we, we hope that you get a hold of us. Drop me a note at Glenn at horseradionetwork.com or Helena at Helena at horseradionetwork.com. That's it for this week. Woo! That's plenty. But we will be back next week with more. Until then, happy scooping.